Don't go anywhere, bitch. And you keep doing you. All right, Sweeney, I'm going to see you later. Stay black. (laughs) (laughs) That's not so bad. Have it, folks. Keep it, <laughs> keep it, basement podcast. It's time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory, like Oprah's Bugatti. Damn, that shit was dope. Damn, son, where'd you find this? He's on vacation now. I don't know where he is though. How about the fucking? How crazy is it though that only right after he gets the fucking Netflix thing, he tips the the ex girl trying to meet to him. Her I, I could understand. I, um, I don't know. I don't want to get in personal issues, but I could see why. Because I'll get into that personal shit, dog. You're really like everywhere when you're on Netflix. It's like different. It's like when you really hit it big. I think it causes emotional stress and trauma to uh, people in relationships. A lot of times, oh, though, yeah, you were saying that. I think it's just because her defense was that well, when somebody gets on something as big as Netflix, everyone sees it, even if you're not in the game or if you're not even into like that much stuff. Like my true. sister saw it. Like she just like it comes up on the fucking trending or whatever. And she said, like, everyone was just uh, tagging her in, t- in the posts and DMing them to her. So I could see that happening. Pretty true. And people were sending her hate mail. And even he said in the interview with uh, Tim Dillon that people were texting him and his family saying, congrats on the engagement. Also, congrats on Netflix. So Yeah, like, I would have just congratulated on the Netflix. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I s- totally see it from a mental health standpoint where, like, a girl could have, like, past trauma from it. But at the same time, there's a lot of relationships that are toxic and fucked up. and People still are fine with it. And, like, I don't know their yeah. relationship at all, but, like, the stuff she was saying in the thing wasn't the worst stuff ever. Like, like the accusations and stuff. Yeah, and it was stuff that you could, like, exaggerate a little bit for it to sound worse. And I think I've actually heard something similar on Brilliant Idiots where he talks about that. And, like, I remember he was bad in shape about that. But it's the past of the past, and, like, a lot of times relationships are fucked up. And when you date a comedian, obviously, it's a little weird, probably. Uh, not the most normal. Thing. Yeah, and she was with him before he was really big. Sucks. He should he should should have worked that out. She's so much hotter than this girl now. I'm just kidding. Put tears. That's mean. Um, <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> I just think that uh, name brands still matter to people outside of comedy because nobody is searching for comedy, but they'll see it on Netflix and the home screen and they'll give it a shot. Like I've had people reach out to me saying, "Hey, didn't you interview this guy Schultz?" I saw him on my Netflix and I decided to watch the show and I like it. And I followed him on social media and I'd go see his show now. So Shout I out to Dick Cal's girlfriend. It's not even her, but. <laughs> JP's girlfriend. No, it's not her. It was a guy who said that to me. Shout but out Drewby. And it's the same, it's the same, it's like the same fan who would see a comedy show for fun and try it out. Comedy. I feel like Netflix is uh, giving every, give, like Netflix is for someone who's not a comedian, like whoever watches it. Yeah, I feel like the consumer has access to it so much easier because, like, instead of searching, like, you are a hardcore comedy fan, I would say, right? Instead yes. of them searching for podcasts, they might not be into it at all, like all the West Coast podcasts, like you're talking about. So they'll I just remember. like hit up Netflix and be like, "Oh, what's on? Oh, this is new in comedy. Let me check this out." They're like right. more open to check out a bunch of stuff, especially during a global pandemic and cold weather, where you're like not able to go out as much. I yeah, it came out at the perfect time. No, and I feel like. People don't know the difference. Like they're like, all right, I'm gonna check it out and then follow them. And like, it's actually crazy though. I was on Netflix yesterday, like rewatching parts of it, and it wasn't even in the top. I still haven't. Even I just feel it. like I just feel like anything that new that comes out immediately goes to like top, whatever. I don't I know. Wanna, I just don't know. There's just this thing for how big he is, how big he got so quickly. I just feel like he's not. He's, there's still people who just don't know about like him or he's just not that big. That's, like, that's everything. Like every single, every single, if you go on Instagram right now, every, not this matters, but every single West Coast comedian has more followers than him. And I, I, don't, think I just don't get it. Personally, I think it's inspiring. Also, don't get it twisted. Like people 
there's a lot of people now that I know who weren't fans of Schultz at all, and they see he has success, so they're trying to kiss ass, which doesn't work. I'm quite the opposite. I interviewed him way before he was successfully like really, really big. I talked to him in the. I would talk to him in the back of a bar for 40 minutes before even before that. I'm not That's a particularly fan part. of his comedy. I've started following because I like Charlemagne the God, and I was listening to Brilliant Idiots. And I'm not in particular a huge fan of him per se, but I like the way he business has his business set up and how he creates and stuff as that matter. And also like the content creation, the whole process and the team he has, I respect that whole philosophy and like how he's- He really blows the team. Yeah, that's good. But like people think like I'm a huge fan of him or whatnot. It's not always the case, but I respect his work. I kind of look at it like a peer. It's kind of like not competition, but if he could do it, so can anyone else really in a positive way. But like, he's not on the level to me like a Howard Stern is or someone else like a Charlemagne or like Ice Cube. He's kind of like- it's different. He's in the pocket to me where he's like, well, I've, I look at all, they're all entertainers. I, I, he, he's in the pocket to me as someone who's like attainable in a way that's in, in the same circle and whatnot, you know? Yeah, I think I think I look at it as uh, he really, his career is really much different than others. And people see the Netflix show and they're probably like, oh, this just must be a comedian who's been grinding and finally got that Netflix thing. And it's like, I mean, he was a fucking, like he had a career and everything. He just... Uh, took the internet to his own hands and the and the pandemic really helped him push towards that that was the best part of the tim dylan schultz episode was when they said if you didn't do anything just because it's a pandemic and you were just saying oh i'll get to it when the pandemic's over the pandemic fucked me then you're already fucked i personally think it's also a test that he did in netflix where he's like okay i can't film my special in la so i'm going to create this content during the pandemic netflix if you see the uh the, the love it gets and the, uh, the likes and popularity pitch this show so when you're in a pandemic or a situation like that it's a creative test and then if it successfully does well on social media netflix now is going to pick up the show and be like all right we fuck with this yeah and it really is it really is that's a good point it really is crazy how big netflix has gotten and like bro I think, they've, I think they've been around less than 10 years i want to tell you about this old people might not understand podcasts or youtube but they understand netflix it's right in front of them on the tv so they're like oh it's tv yeah. and, but, like, and it's really the same thing it's fucking internet tv yeah they're slowly understanding podcasts and youtube but like people like you know my family's age older people they'll watch stuff on netflix now and stream it and like they'll be just bored watching random comedy and like find new things in netflix so like when you have that cosign of a netflix i think that really helps but i really feel like uh, i know you might want to not might not want to hear it i have no no hate on open mic comedians or comedians who are straight old school style but his whole career was a level up like from mtv guy code TV shows, podcast, Charlemagne having the big, best radio personality in the game uh, in an urban level as your co-host can help. And then that's huge, I believe. And then social media work he's done and now Netflix, everything he's done has been a level up. And the same with the person, the podcast he was on, Tim Dillon, like everything they've done, like if they weren't on any of those, when he, if he wasn't on Rogan five times or like seven times, as you said, if he wasn't working with like the greatest people in the game, where would his comedy be? And they even admit to that. They admit that it's more than just stand up and they admit to the popularity of the internet and how people can do this. But it's also Netflix way easier been around for them. since 1997. Holy shit. It's way easier for them because of their network that they have and, and they're respected on the yeah. level of comedy. My whole thing is just the, you know, you let him loving, leveling up from MTV and then taking the internet to his own hands because he wouldn't get a fucking comedy special. Then realizing that doesn't matter is that I, there's people who probably saw the Netflix show and had no idea who he was, had no idea who was on MTV back in the day. Maybe even when they were like at the age where they're watching MTV, like that's where I originally know. I remember I used to like, get head from a girl, not to be mean, and watch. That's <laughs> so random. I used to and hang out with me too. When we get big, you're getting me too. No, I used to hang out with this girl and I used to watch like it was a lineup on MTV. I wouldn't like really go out. I'd do radio. I come home from radio. 
and I'd watch uh, like Charlemagne, Duval, and like Schultz. It was like three in a row. So it was like, what got me the cosign for Schultz was like, okay, Charlemagne and Duval fuck with him. I'm a fan of hip hop. I'm a fan of that comedy. I know they've been in the game and I like what they do. So it was like, okay. And then the guy code thing. So it was like all that process, I watched it. And then I would just like pick up on him and listen to him on the podcast. So he, the opportunity for him, for me to be like, you know, know him was because of that. But yeah, he is a, it's a crazy process. And you could tell he was about the industry at first and acted like he was all industry. And then he was anti-industry. And now it's like, what are you, bro? But like, it makes yeah. sense. Cause like, I didn't even like MTV, but guy and guy, guy code was like the only show I watched though. But what I'm saying is I bet there's like my friends, not that I've asked them, but I'm sure I, we have friends who probably watched the Netflix special or at least like saw it on the thing, but never watched him back in the day and didn't know what his career was before this. That's yeah. my, that's my only point. Like he's finally got what he was doing or whatever. The one the thing internet. I do see, he but he's the first, he, he he's the first, uh, he's the thing, the thing why I think he deserves a lot of the hype. Not that I'm saying he's fucking a bridge builder or a bread maker or whatever, but he is actually the first guy who literally got the um, the validation, which in every comic's eyes is a Netflix anything, a Netflix shot, a Netflix special. They're calling it a special. Or something yeah, to that Everything level. I do is a special. Yeah. Or a special is that Sounds he, terrible. Um, he got, uh, he's the first one to actually do it after gaining the internet following. Like, and then them saying, okay. Like, if you think of any, everybody else, they either just got it because their comedy career or like they've gotten vouchers for or whatever. Or it was just part of them moving up in the ranks. Like, like Tom Segura got his first comedy special before Netflix was huge, like eight, nine years ago. And then he's gotten one every couple of years since then. And that's elevated his following. He didn't have to go, like the internet came with that. Like he got his internet following because of his Netflix specials. Schultz got his Netflix special because of his internet following. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was talking so to like, he's the he's the He's really the caveman in terms of if we go into the future, like post-corona or whatever, uh, you building your social media following. So Tim Dillon's going to be next. You Mark Norman's, your whoever's, That's the and way then getting it. and then getting whatever content you want after that. Whether it be a four part fucking uh, topical Instagram, uh, topical kind of uh, monologue bits like Schultz. Uh, whether you get a straight stand up special, whether you get a documentary, whatever you want, like a, a movie on Netflix. Yeah, it's going to be based on your following from now on. I think this finally solidify it for people at least i hope so that that this is how you're going to get shit in the future shout out to kiki clout and ariana adams you have a picture of them on the uh, you fucking freak yeah i'm doing the thumbnail right now. <laughs> i saw it but yeah I, I i reverse engineer it way back in the day like in comedy uh i would never like hey, watch comedy. george carlin special or someone special i'd actually see them like a movie first and then be like oh i'm gonna check their comedy out like like Chris Rock, ah, Chris Rock might be different, but like, you know, George Carlin or Eddie Murphy, you see Beverly Hills Cop, then you're like, oh, let me watch Raw. And uh, the industry's changed. Even if you like listen to Seinfeld or guys like that, it's like you could take their advice with a grain of salt, but I feel like you got to listen to what's hot with the middle of the pack type comedians who are creating content right now, or like your Tim Dillon's and Schultz's, uh, obviously don't take from them, but you could uh, learn the game in a way what they're talking about. Yeah, it's just, it's really just a matter of making waves on the internet and then whatever you want. But that old style comedian, like you said, like Sagora, like people were doing specials before they were famous, which got them famous. I don't think you're ever going to see that now. And even Giannis agreed to that. And it looks like Schultz agrees to that and Tim Dillon, where it's not like they're taking you right now from Stress Factor Comedy Club, no following, nothing at all, and putting you on Netflix. Like, I don't Yeah, but, but granted, that's, never, that's never, but granted, that didn't happen before you didn't get, you people didn't think that's going You took someone with a bit of a career. Yeah, like it wasn't like a guy off the street. You took somebody who's been doing it ten years, who's been pe who's been headlining on the road. Like you dude, you're so dark someone, right now. Not racist. You can just take someone from the fucking an open mic. What's I'm not even dark. I have all my lights on, except for the kitchen light. 
I don't know. I think this light's a little dark for some reason. Yeah, it's not good. But how about what he said about when, if you want to just do this for a living, you might as well quit now. That's what it means. Yeah, I disagree with that. What What do you think? He, he means dream. I big. actually I had a point about that, and I was going to write it when you memoed me, and then I forgot to bring it up. But good job. Basically, his no, I got it. His philosophy I, is that I understand him. Dream big. Wait, let me see if I'm too dark. Hang on, I want to put some lights on. Guys in his fucking underwear with his two incher. Keep it basement. Well, basically, uh, like if you can. Tim Dillon, Andrew Schultz was a guest on Tim Dillon's podcast, and he was talking about dreaming big. So Schultz's philosophy in the episode was basically like, <laughs> dream. The bigger you dream, the more likely you achieve something. Because at least if you're dreaming huge, you might come short of it, but you'll still have success. And if you dream of just making a career, you probably won't even get to that. I guess was kind of his ideology, but but and I agree. But I also could say that. If you're going to bank everything on just making a career and just getting by with just whatever, and you're putting your all into that, if that's all that comes out of it, that's fucking terrific too. He means dream big, but I understand also because faith without faith without work is dead. Like obviously you have to believe in yourself, be confident, but if you don't put any work in, it doesn't matter. So I could dream big. I could have all these vision boards. I could believe in the law of attraction, but if I don't go and like, it's like what Jim Carrey said on Oprah. If you make a sound, if you dream to be like the best-selling actor of all time, but then instead make a turkey sandwich and sit on your couch all day, you're not going to get that at goal. But what Schultz meant was just like have that mentality of being confident and believing in yourself, like he told you in the interview. And and then Tim Dillon, he was talking about just dream big in a way where it's like, you know, have more for yourself than saying you want to just be make a living off comedy because a lot of people who say that they should just quit now. You're saying, which I don't necessarily say I'm agreeing with, but I understand his philosophy. He's telling you to like. You know, if you want to sell out arenas, you might sell out um, comedy clubs instead, you know, but like if you have that goal, work at it and keep and, and, and strive for it. And say if you did want to just want to make a living in comedy, I mean, like say if you make that living, you're like, oh, I'm set. And like you would want more out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you said it in a great text. I'm trying to find it unless you voice my it, but I think you wrote it. I wrote about, it. Yeah, you could fucking do. Yeah, well, basically what you I said, the you clip. could do all the vision board. I sent you the fucking... clip and you should put the clip yes. in the thing. I've seen we play okay, the clip well. and, the, and the, we played the clip, right? And then uh, uh, I could send you that. I'll send the clip and then put this right into it and talk about it. I can it. find it, yeah. Um, I think it's important, actually, because obviously you have to be confident. I have no pants it's funny, it's funny because a lot of comedians are definitely insecure, narcissists, narcissist and not as confident as they perceive on stage. And they like to get that high. He was also talking about Tim Dillon about getting that high, you know, selling out 2,000 people, uh, a stadium, not a stadium, a comedy club, and getting that high. And then someone on YouTube's getting half a million views and they're getting that high too. And it's the same high. And it's like, it's more yeah. than stand-up comedy now. Like the internet is king in a way and social media is key as well. But so the, social, the, the, stand-up, the social media is king in terms of getting you a following, but the stand-up comedy is king in terms of uh, exposing your talent. Yeah. You can get a half a million, you can go get a half a million views and be a talentless hack. Like it's not hard. I mean, it is to go viral and shit, but like I mean, I in think terms of, but if you go sell out, uh, but if you go sell out 2000 arena or 2000 seat theater and do really well, that shows that there's a reason people should be buying tickets to go see. Yeah, true. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to pay to watch an Instagram video. You have to pay to go watch, see somebody show. These YouTubers are making tons of money too. And it's like a mutual respect, but I think also staying relevant as a talent and creating a brand on social media, because even he said, if you have the talent, you should have the audience unless you're a drug addict or something he was talking about, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah like elite level of funny will get you far yeah i just um but you definitely and a lot of other people have said i just want to make a living at this i'd be happy yeah and i i'll, I'll still say that i disagree with Chelsea he's saying and I he's still saying take that, that you might as well quit now it's i think that's absurd and i would argue with him until i die so 
but shocking. And also, it's not. And also, he wouldn't. I bet you, he wouldn't have said that four years ago when he wasn't all that. Do you get it? Everything changes like that. The second yeah, he fucking, there's, there's do you not, literally a year ago, he said Netflix is done. A year later, he gets Netflix special. I was wrong. Urgh, yeah, he fuck. was saying he didn't understand because obviously comedians aren't it, great business people, but he, he's like saying the word equity though. a lot in, a, in the interview. With well, Tim yeah, he Jones. goes over in the episode once he realized that Netflix was a stock and yeah, that the stock. stock wasn't just going up because it's not like no one's getting rid of online, online media. No one's getting rid of Netflix or Hulu or whatever if, it, if they can afford it. And this, when there's stock in that, and there's consistently going to be a stock up in the stock market for that fucking entity, it's not going to go anywhere. Like it can't just disappear. So once he realized that, like you know, that's why he looks like a fucking complete idiot. But I completely understand with his logic back then because I want I want it to be a time. I don't know, maybe it's 2025, maybe it's 2030 when that stuff is just. Uh, it's just your soul. You're the sole entity. You don't need to be tied to a Netflix or not that you need to be. You're not tied to a Netflix, you're not tied to an HBO or whatever. And it's just you. And the funniest part is that he spent the whole half of a flagrant two episode and brought it up again. Like you said, these comics, they repeat them. If they're in the same span of a week or two, they repeat everything they've been saying on all the podcasts. You, you know, me for repeating, but I feel like everyone repeats even when they're famous. Everyone goes on the podcast yeah, 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 whatever. shares their same story. You know how many times like we interview Mickey or Schultz and then people hit me up and be like, yo, I listened to uh, Schultz on Tim Dillon. He was talking about elite level comedy like you were talking about with him. Or like mm-hmm. Mickey telling a story about CM Punk and stuff. It's like, what are you going to do? It's their story, you know? Yeah, but and he he actually we actually agree with him and a couple other comics that he was saying the the Chappelle stuff was corny and I think what he did was also corny but like I still respect him I still respect Chappelle but he the, when they, they go in him and Tim go in depth about the the Comedy Central deal Chappelle thing and say that I, the I way he get, went about I didn't it is get corny. That into it yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, basically what he said, uh, what you said, what we were talking about is what he also said. I don't but know. How to he's put just it. saying he no. I, oh, this is what I wanted to bring up because he said he got that he he got that deal from Comedy Central that made him saying he was he had all flops before then. I mean, granted, again, I still hate this argument because I still say he had a career. He was still do, like he, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and Half Baked, and all that shit might have flopped, but he still had a successful career by two thousand two. Half Baked's a cool classic for potheads. <clears throat> I know, but after the fact. Um, he still had a career prior to Chappelle's show, but what Schultz is saying he was is that every Chappelle's show ever. made him. Yeah, he was in so exactly, exactly, exactly. Just like Schultz was on fucking MTV and Brilliant Idiots and all this other shit before Instagram. That's why I hate this argument. Uh, that's what I'm but, trying to tell you. I don't have a bone with open my comedy. I'm saying every comedian ever and every podcaster who has a following had some type of bigger thing that they did to make them them great. Exactly. Like that's Brooklyn. why. That's why I don't want to get twisted. The people just think Schultz came out of nowhere. I'm like. The guy's been around. On, the guy's been on fucking TV since 2011. I don't, I don't, I don't care if it was MTV and it's I dead. I, I, I mean, like, he had a comedy. career. I done stand-up comedy not a lot, and I, I have no bone to pick it with it at all. I'm not hating on it, but I was. I just watched the game, and I'm like, if you just do this, I don't see a future in being what you want to be. Because, like, look at R- Joe Rogan with podcast. He was doing everything. He's Like, stand-up comedy was kind of like the startup basis in the 80s and 90s for what you wanted to do. Like, Sinbad would talk about that. Rogan, a lot of people where they would be able to be on TV after and then do podcasting, do things you want to do. Like put your name out there. Now right. the social media is so popular. It's like, you have to be on social media too while doing stand-up comedy, in my opinion. And a lot of people have said it. Yeah. But what I was getting at was that he was saying that Chappelle show made his career. So he got that deal where he may have gotten fucked because he didn't get complete creative control or uh, syndication money down. It wasn't written in the contract or whatever, but if that deal never happened, 
his argument was that he would not have become famous for him to, them to expose his talents in that format, which is the greatest sketch comedy show of all time. So he has to be thankful for that deal. I mean, he was like, I got, I got hookups, the hookups from MTV. I don't shit on MTV years later because they went under and nothing happened from yeah, that. I, I had to take it all the Instagram. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Exactly. But you still too. had MTV. It's not like you were an open mic comedian. Like, you I, know what I mean? I thought it was stupid too. Everyone's like, cancel Comedy Central, cancel Chappelle. The guy's loaded, makes like 150 million off a special and yeah, he was... signed a bad deal when he was 28. It's personally not my fault as a consumer. Yeah. But like, if you're a comedian, you understand it and he's a legend, but it's That's not what my Tim fault. Said. Like, That's what Tim if, said. Yeah. If you take out, I, I said this way back, if you take out the emotion of the situation and think off pure logic, which a lot of people don't do in life, and I, I'm, I, I blame, I also don't do that as well for certain situations, but I'm starting to. And especially with like this, what I do podcasting and comedy and all that. He signed a bad deal. He needed the money. He got fucked by people who he trusted, who he shouldn't trust. Never trust trust a rich white man in a suit. Just kidding. But never mm -hmm. trust the lawyers, Comedy Central, all that shit, attorneys. And he's a comedian. He's a terrible businessman. Just like a lot of people say, you're just bad at business. A lot of people creative. I mean, probably was it. back in the day. This is 18 years ago. Yeah. He learned the game. He got fucked. You know, someone stole his joke when he was a kid too. And he got fucked by Comedy Central. He's still Schultz shits on that. He's like, he goes, he goes on Tinder. He goes, you're the greatest comedian of all time now, solidified as the GOAT. And you're whining on stage about a guy stealing your joke when you were 14. He cares. And, rips and not many people, I give Schultz credit for being honest and like saying that. And Tim Me Dillon's too. And he says he would say this to the guy, to guys' faces, but I don't know if he'd say that shit to Chappelle's face. Cause like maybe he would, but like there's people who wouldn't do it. Like, I don't think you would think Chris Rock would say that publicly because he's boys with Chappelle you wouldn't hear any comedian that is an open micer do that because they think they're going to get a shot one day with Chappelle on stage. I mean, like, he would not an open micer. The greatest thing ever is that if you're talented, you could talk shit on someone a lot of the times and then see them like, yo, my bad, I just how I felt that day or whatever. They would be like, you're dope. Here, get on stage. Just the same concept of Netflix could, giving Schultz could, a show. Yeah, after or you could not be a minutes. pussy and say it to their face too. Yeah, but no, I, I'm a fan of Chappelle. Definitely an inspiration. Chappelle show is legendary, but I always thought, I was watching and I was like, makes no fucking sense i got the dvd like what's stopping me from watching it like it's not no. i don't give a fuck it's if a you don't show. i like it's me i have the full dvd box it, it tim was like it tim was like it's me. fucked up because there's tim was like it's fucked up because there's like there's like kids if young kids or poor kids or people with nostalgia like us who just want to watch like your shit because it's funny like you shouldn't like yeah you're you trying to care. make people feel good and, and like, um oh fuck who who said it god damn sometimes it. it's I weird when on. legends have social media too it's so weird it's weird seeing howard stern like doing interviews on social media but it's like not it's just a clips in the channel and it's weird like seeing Chappelle on social media because like you grew up in the game with these guys like you grew up i don't up know who it was but maybe it was a kosh on flagrant too i fucking forget damn it but he was just like he was just like every huge sketch from the show is on youtube anyway so you can just watch it on youtube it makes and no that was sense a good point too. and there was people like like justice for like justice for dave Chappelle and coming essential and i was just like I, I this is dope him telling the stories how he got fucked it's inspiring because it makes me realize everyone gets fucked even if you're great or not and everyone like like cypher sound said who's friends with Chappelle, everyone has a journey everyone starts somewhere because I, I thought it was funny he was on howard stern one time and he wasn't the main feature he was like the mcmahon's were there hey, wasn't was famous there. it was probably early 2000s and he was like a like a comedian just doing jokes and like like just like testing out the waters and like, they're like, we also have a comedian here, Dave Chappelle. And they like introduced like Triple H, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon. And no one gave a fuck about Chappelle then. Yeah, dude, I was watching an old fucking uh, Stern clip the other night and it was Attell and Chappelle. Like they were like, Chappelle was obviously the main guest, but Attell was sitting on the couch next to him. And Stern, who's also a dumbass when he doesn't know about a certain thing and he's just ripping Attell. And he's like, oh, I, w I probably wish you, you probably wish you were bigger, this, that, and the other. And this was six months before he signed Insomniac with David Attell with Comedy Central and he became one of the biggest comedians ever. It's hilarious. Yeah.
Yeah, it's all perspective. Everyone has a journey. But I think that Cypher Sounds quote about standing next to the fire and then becoming the fire is definitely legit. And a lot of people resonate with that. People hit me up with that on social media. Uh, yeah. It relates because I, I, it's funny because I said I like the way Schultz is doing how he's creating his own stuff. And he didn't stop me. He let me talk, Cypher. He's a good, inter- a good listener, good interview. And he said, everyone goes for the bag. Oh, are you, are you gonna, oh, I thought you were going to allude to the fact that you put it back into his head to bring out back the Juan Epstein pod. Maybe I did that too. <laughs> Maybe no, I did that too. He definitely knew about Schultz. Like, I feel like people knew about this deal because he's friendly with Schultz and he didn't say anything, but he didn't like, he like kind of countered to my point saying everyone will go for the bag though. If the I don't think he said friendly with Schultz. And but... it's true. It's true that everyone does go for the bag. Like yeah. Rogan, like Chappelle. Oh yeah, he said. Yeah, he's, about Rogan because the YouTube watch this. Re- watch the Schultz Tim doing the whole thing where they get into Chappelle and and the fact that Netflix is a stock and everything. And he says, and he goes, once I realized that it was a stock and that nothing changes, give me the bag. That's what he says. It's like yeah, no fucking shit because it's probably more than you had ever made. I will admit that I tell you this behind the scenes and why not say it now that I feel like uh, a lot of these comedians who are elite level funny, as they say, I don't feel like they respect the younger comedians. Like if you fan out to them and stuff. I'm not a huge fan of con- like uh, of all this stuff. I, I'm I just listen to the interviews for gems and stuff and business stuff. Even but, got, but there's no way to confirm and solidify that. And also, if you blow up, and I could feel it from the energy though, you. the way they talk and stuff. Like they put their reps and they put their steps in, and I feel as if though the way that certain comedians act, they don't really respect the up and comers of the game unless you really are in that arena with them. Which I totally understand. That, in a way. But why? So yeah, why would you? Do you respect the guy who's been doing radio for three days and has interviewed one guy and he's fucking talking shit on you or blowing you? Do you respect him? No. I mean, I'm a nice guy, so it's different. And like everyone puts the same pair of pants on the day. And like you got to say hi to the intern. Like it's the effect everyone says. Even Charlamagne said like he would always say hi to every intern. You never know who someone's gonna well, be. So I like, would I'm say never hi to dick. the intern if we still had one, but he's gone. All right. I'm never a dick, so it's like. Me neither. But I, I, it's I, not like I, if, I it's not like if the open mic or the up and comer blew up in five years or was a giant YouTube star and invited Tim Dillon on his podcast. Tim Dillon wouldn't be fucking sprinting over there. Yeah, true. It's like you could see the energy. It's on the Logan Paul episode too. You could, you could see the energy because they fuck with like certain people. But if you don't have a following blue check or if you're not in the arena, they don't know who you are. They ain't fucking with you. Kind of makes. But that's sense. what matters: the following, the blue check, the big name, the big name, the 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 eyes. The more eyes. I'll give you an example. Better. You that's could all Schultz you could, says. You could do something on social media and like interview say if you had a clip where you interviewed dylan or, or schultz and like you tried to post it and they were reposting stuff all day with all the la comedians press runs and everything mm-hmm. they would never fucking repost like your per, your brand maybe your personal one they would like her whatnot because they think schultz you're like a fan it. or consumer what schultz liked it yeah but like for safe was on key basement i feel like they would never retweet it or repost it because like they don't want it to like the image with the other people or they don't want to give you the help or some just repost everything like Norman, but yeah, also, Norman. also who cares? Like a repost isn't really doing much for you. No, I know, and it's still, and it's like I could give this putting I, you on is like well, what that's what's fucked up about the game. Like, that's, that's what's fucked about fucked about the art. I can give the greatest interview ever, and it might not get any eyes on it at that moment. But if I blow up, everyone will fuck with it. You go and exactly. You can be the shittiest interviewer ever, shittiest comedian ever, and have a following. People be like, oh, this is dope. If you have no following, it's hard to get eyes on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think everything. I've been doing and we've been doing is like high level form of creative content in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's the, the fact of the, how they have a team. Schultz has a team, Tim Dillon has a team. And I feel like when you start out with this stuff, it's hard to get a team behind you that's consistent because everyone has their own goal. And a lot of people are selfish in a way or going for their own stuff, which I get in a way. And I feel like, especially if you're a comedian, you're trying to be that big comedian. You don't want to play second fiddle or, or play a certain position or do other stuff. But now more than ever, you got to do multiple things. It's so crazy. And I question, I question it though. Is it raw talent? Is it more important raw talent or is the audience and following more important? Like say if you have that blue check, 100,000 followers, I feel like that could get you farther than 
raw talent these days. Gary V says no, though, in a way. Followers don't matter, but I, he's not he's not hitting me up on IG Live doing an interview. He's he hitting <laughs> Dave Portnoy up on IG Live doing an interview. <laughs> not to Gary V. He was also fucking a gazillionaire, a hundred millionaire. But you know what I'm saying? He's saying that following doesn't matter. Raw talent more matters more. Talent will get Dude, you. and if, if you do look at in, uh, the numbers and YouTube numbers on Tim Dillon's podcast from January till now, it's crazy how much he spiked. And I'm like, and Portnoy he's, fu- he's a funny gay fat conspiracy theorist who's been on Rogan seven times in two years. I told you. And I was doing open mics with him four and a half years ago. My so, friend, my friend actually, I was I at did a, a wedding. fucking open mic with him. I was at a wedding in Brooklyn and my friend was in his like crew, his comedy crew and hung out with him. It's weird. And right? he was staring and he was staring at me doing 10 minutes in a gay bar in the West village in early 2016 when I was just starting out. And like that matters in a way of craft and talent and skillsmanship, but in the grand scheme, the things that made him big were other things. You know what I mean? Like it was just getting his personality out there, uh, being a comedian at, at these clubs. But the big thing was like the the internet presence. But he's also a help. He's also original and interesting and and funny and just wild. And he that niche and he shits on politics. He does like yeah. he does. He's crazy. He's having a, a niche helps. I tell you, having an organic reach and niche is definitely key. You don't want to like fit in. You want to stand out. Mm-hmm. Why fit in when you could stand out? I think that's a Joe Budden line. I'm so fucking sick of this COVID. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shit my pants. And I'm, the house. Yeah, I'm, we can end it. I mean, I don't even know what else you want to do. Rose. Yo, what it do, baby? Baby, what it do? Baby, what it do? What? Ladies, cover your ears. I'm just kidding, but have an open mind. What? Don't act like y'all never watched porn or have or have had sex toys. We're all freaks out here (laughs) and sexually open is 2020. And it was a quarantine and now it's COVID times. Dating during a global pandemic is kind of tough. Now with these COVID times, it's time to get back your stamina, practice and work on your sex game. Get you back out into the wild, into the dating life. That's why Keep It Basement has partnered up with Fleshlight. Go to fleshlight.com and use the discount code KIB for 10% off any purchase of a Fleshlight product. Fleshlight has products for all types of people, whether guys or girls, straight or gay, whatever, they have it all. With the purchase of a Fleshlight using the KIB discount code, not only are you supporting business, you're supporting small business while having a good time doing so. Go to Fleshlight.com and use the discount code KIB for 10% off. Fleshlights make for the perfect gift, whether it's a bachelor party, bro's birthday, or even your significant other's birthday or special celebration. Ladies, I know there could be a stigma here, but say you were going on vacation or you weren't around for a few weeks or days, wouldn't you rather have your man use a fleshlight than another girl? Wouldn't you rather you come home and see your man using a fleshlight instead of having another girl over uh, being unfaithful? I, I mean, put two and two together here. What, what would you rather have? And also keep it basement. What? He's so nice. Yo, keep it basement. Keep it basement, back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Nigga, shut your ass up, man. I don't give a fuck, man. You are listening to Keep It in the Basement, like most Italians. If you're not Italian, keep it there anyway. Well, that's cool, because you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. You know what I'm saying? I think, to me, fans make the best interviews. You know what I mean? Like, because... We're asking the questions from a fan perspective. When you're a true fan and you follow the artist and you study your artist and you know an artist's music, you know an artist's background, you know the questions, the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artist for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour, it's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's a yeah. difference. 
See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I, like, yeah. like a lot of interviewers, I have 20 questions, and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions. But the yeah. truth of the matter is, if you ask me a question, if I ask an artist a question, and the artist answers me, if I'm listening, I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him. And that's what a conversation is all about. What Keep it what radio? Basement. Keep it basement? Like, keep it, like, keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. basement radio? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Swain, and Keep It Basement Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep It Basement. You are tuned in. <laughs> you are tuned in to the Keep It Basement podcast with your boy, Sweeney. Y'all heard? What up, Sweeney? Now tune to motherfucking derelict. Keep it basement with the Sweens. That's the name of the podcast. Keep it basement with the Sweens. Keep it basement. We out. Welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world with its soft, real feel insert patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over a hundred possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer as well as a channeled sleeve able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us, also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically... Uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted. At least you know it. Keep it fucking moving. Um, Porn sex, it's like 45 minutes an hour, but like real sex is like 20 minutes. Well, maybe for me, I guess. Try like three or four hours. Hour and 45 minutes? What the fuck? It's four hours. Any words of wisdom here? Always use a condom, and if you don't use a condom, make sure you got like really strong pull-out game, okay? Pull-out game week. Yeah, wear a condom. Are you nuts? I have two hairless cats. I have one too. Can you get laid whenever with a bunch of options? How thirsty are your DMs? It's pretty lit. I ain't got Instagram. I don't got tweeters. I don't got nothing. A younger guy pick up a, a woman who's older than him. That's a really great question. How could I approach you and take you back to my room if we were sitting at a bar? You ask too many fucking questions. Don't ask no fucking questions. Plus, do funny guys get laid more? Oh, yeah, definitely. Would you date a uh, guy with a small penis? Like, how small? <laughs> How's, how big's your penis? Like, four inches? How funny are you? Then you put that video on fucking Worldstar. I hit the thing, it's YouTube. Fuck me up more. I'm sick of it. Stay down in the cellar and shut the fuck up. Now. Keep it basement podcast keep description. Basement. Find Keep It Basement with the Sweens wherever you get your podcast with host Tom Zappia and Alex Nicholas. Please make that a permanent drop in every episode. I scold them myself. Keep It Basement podcast. We out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati, super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com, also on Facebook and Instagram at Stealth Mode Motorsports. Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. 
What do you uh, want to do? You want to go to the Shitbag Comedy Show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to Keep It Basement Rate. Subscribe. Thanks, hey, guys. Peace. Thanks. Just masturbate if all else fails. Peace. Exactly. Get a job in California. You don't like it? Fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the at the at the, at the, at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes. Might turn into a, a spot on a Jimmy Kimball Tonight Show. You never know. You got to try it. You just can't stay on a safe route because then you're going to end up being kind of bitter when you get older. That you didn't take no chances. That's it. That's my view on things.